This episode is powered by Safety FM. This podcast is being sponsored by SafetyConsultantBlueprint.com. In this episode, we're going to speak to a former student of mine, Kathy Freeman. And we're going to talk about some of the things she looks for when she's hiring a safety consultant. And also some tips regarding management of other safety consultants that she is over as director of safety. And then we'll also speak a little bit more about uh, some tips for training. Do you feel that your knowledge would be better served if you are your own boss? Your knowledge can help more people improve their workplace safety. Most of what you know may be wasting in a job that limits what you can do for the overall health and safety of workers. Now is the time to start your own business while you're still working for your current employer. Start your own safety consultant business with the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. Get your business legal in just a week. Brand yourself as an authority in safety, even on a shoestring budget. No more stressing about how to price your services fairly, but still make a profit. And experience the amazing feeling of being your own boss. This 100% online video course is instructor-led and will give you detailed steps to keep you focused as to what to do next to grow your business. Lay out strategies to keep you maximizing your marketing and networking efforts. And explain how to get money in between clients. Register today at safetyconsultantblueprint.com and enter the code PODCAST. I'm Kathy Freeman. I'm with HEI Civil. Um, We currently have around 800 employees spread throughout the United States. So I manage all three organizations for safety for them. All right. And uh, you guys are specifically safety consulting or uh, do you guys do site safety as well? And what what kind of Yeah, so we are actually um, our own site specific. So we have um, each company has their own safety manager or field safety manager, and um, each person, each company as it grows, um, will um, manage. Will also have field managers and field site safety specialists uh, that manage that. So the scope of work can range anywhere from it, it, we do primarily civil work, um, but we're the general contractor for um, pipe, bridge, bridge work, utilities, uh, concrete, structural concrete. Um, We also do a lot of dirt and earth moving. Um, We do a lot of paving. We uh, we are a national account with Caterpillar, so we um, are one of I think 24 of the national accounts. So it's kind of a big deal to have that. We own over 300 pieces of equipment in the state of Colorado. So we have the largest fleet um, in the state of Colorado for owned equipment. And the pretty big, the big deal with that is that we service everything in-house. Generally, they'll have Caterpillar services or they'll have someone outsource it. Um, So we manage that in-house. And so we're trying to grow the other organizations in Charlotte and Austin to reach that, that, um, 
you know, that state that we are in here in Colorado. And so we are in our safety team, we're challenged on a daily basis because we are not only responsible for the 1926 standards, but we're also responsible for our fuelers, our, our fleet. We've got to work with our um, DOT specialists where we've got to worry about hazardous materials, DOT, um, 1910 standards. So um, I try and, and staff my staff with a variety of safety professionals. So um, here in Colorado, we have a pretty different background. We've got one guy who specializes in fall protection and um, he knows a lot about cranes. And so when we acquired the bridge division, we decided we needed someone who um, knew a little bit more about that. And so I also use a consultant for that as well, because I need to certify my crane operators and um, get them involved with that. And then we also have um, another gentleman who's heavy on the excavation side, who's got the background with the excavation, trenching and, and different concrete things. And then we also have someone with the carpentry skills that um, stepped in. And so our safety teams is challenged on a daily basis on um, what we need to know, but they've done a pretty good job of, I try and, and get them to train in their specialty areas, but overall we make sure that we as a group attend, you know, all of us have confined space. All of us have the trenching excavation. All of us have the OSHA um, classes that we need to be able to do our job. So it's, it's we try and keep everything in-house as much as possible, um, but we still outsource quite a bit. So, yeah. Um, a lot of people that listen to the show are actually safety consultants looking to find the mindset of the client. So when you're looking for a consultant, what, what are like your little checklist that you go through that you say oh, this is a good consultant because of this so what do you do i do um attention to detail my inspections um i am pretty hard on my safety team for inspections and and um they're pretty thorough with their inspections and when i hire a consultant to go out to do inspections for me and um, i get reports that find little to no um, errors that bothers me um, because I know that I, I intentionally send them to some of my worst crews to see what they will find to test them the first you know time or two that they're out there. So um, my inspections and then the follow through on the inspections are, are definitely a big deal to me. Um, I also look for um, reminders and and just to keep in touch because it's my their job to keep in touch with me, not me to touch base with them as they're working for me on a contract. They should update me every month with what they're doing and what's the next plan. Um, and I do work with my consultant very well. I, I like the fact that I use him in a variety of ways. I have a contract with him um, and I hired him primarily for the crane services, but I've been able to use him um, when I don't need him for a crane. I've used him for reading classes or he's done a site inspection for me. And so that's been nice to have um, at least a few options with him and I'm not locked into certain certain things. So that's been nice. Oh, that's good because uh, that's going to help a lot of people because truly uh, attention to detail is always something that you got to do as a consultant because you're getting paid for first and foremost what you know and then secondly how you can protect your client. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah, not paying attention to details, you're in trouble, mm -hmm. right? Well, and I, you know, in Carolina, I've not hired anyone to do the consulting just yet because I've not found a safety manager for that position. And, um, you know, with consultants, I don't always get that, um, uh, the personal, you know, 
um, with the guys in the field. And I really like that the company that I've hired now, they're very engaged with my employees. They're very interactive with them. They're not cops. They don't go out and inspect. Um, they go out and we have the mindset of if you find an issue, of course, we're going to document it. But, you know, explain to them what you found and, and walk them through it. Because I we have the mindset here that people do things for one of two reasons. Either they don't know the right reason or they don't want to follow the rules that have been given to them. And so if you're out there and we find something that's wrong, you know, we coach them and, and talk to them about it. And it, a lot of consultants have the mindset, I'm going to go out and do an audit and then just turn around and leave. And um, the firm that I use right now, and I went through three, three, um, three different people and the firm that I use right now, they go to my site and they coach my employees and they talk to them. And, and that's a very big deal to me because we, we, try and keep that mindset whenever we go out in the field. Um, if you find a, a problem, you need to have a solution. It's not just find the problem and walk away. So, yeah. And uh, that's truly a, a pet peeve of mine. It's one of those things where I see a lot of consultants fall into that and they don't get yeah. personal with their client. Yeah. So yeah. in turn, it's like one of those uh, feelings where it's a one and done, if you will. And yeah. I don't like that because for instance, I always say you want a 4X relationship with any company so you can have at least two to three other times, maybe even that fourth other time that you interact with that company. And therefore, you're getting to know them, you're getting to understand them, you get to see people. If you're there for more than one time in uh, in training, you get to know you know the, the crew, as they call themselves, usually yeah. in good places. So that helps too. And then you could truly talk to someone and say, hey, Bob, hey, Bill, hey, Sue, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that. And, uh, and you've been in my class. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because um, I don't um, interact with the consultants. They they primarily stick to the field and, and they work with the guys. And so I'll call. I know our employees when they come through the door meet every Friday we have orientation and it's my job and my safety team's job to be front and foremost. So every Friday we're all in the orientation. We meet every person that comes through the door. And so, um, so whenever we know, whenever we build that relationship, we know them. And so we'll call them and I'll ask them, Hey, the consultant was out there. How did you feel when they were out there? And so I'll get feedback from them. Um, and that to me is tenfold, um, to have that feedback versus getting a report that's black and white for me. Um, because I can get anyone to give me that report, but if I can get someone to connect with my employees that's that's definitely that's my win-win right there so <laughs> yeah that's great and um i know you you guys went through one of my uh classes i did in denver for the uh the osha compliance class and, and everything so that was really great getting to meet your your, your crew when uh, when you guys trained with me uh, for yourselves when you're doing the same thing for your company how do you guys approach training your own people um, so my background is, um, training and development. That's what I did before I got into safety. And, um, I try and stick to the, the points that I learned in that and trying to get people to interact. And so, um, I go with the motto, see it, hear it, speak it, think it, do it. And so when we're teaching the classes, I have, um, the guys that work for me, put those, those into play whenever right. we're doing the class. I'm sorry. Slow that. Slow that down. What was it? See it, hear it, speak it, think it, do it. All right. Yeah. So um, we try and stimulate them on multiple levels, and so I challenge my team whenever we're doing training, take it to the field. Um, whenever I came here to the office, we used to do. Um, 
meetings, quarterly meetings in a hotel and it was stuffy. And I noticed that the guys in the field just weren't receptive to it. They didn't want to interact. And so we take a lot of our training now to the field and we do a lot of one-on-one in the field with them and break the groups down. Um, We do multiple classes um, to make sure that we've got that interaction and that personal touch. And so um, we also let them design their own hard hat stickers and do little competitions with the guys in the field with that um, when we're doing those classes. And so we try and get that buy-in that way um, because it's easy to stand in a classroom and and practice fall protection, but to buy a mannequin and they see that you've invested in a mannequin and you take that mannequin into a confined space and you take the tripod to the field and you make them physically do all of that work, it changes the dynamic of the class. And so we try and challenge our team on that level to do a lot more hands-on. So, yeah, yeah well, that's very good because truly after a, after a while, they've seen all your pictures <laughs> and they've heard all the stories. So <laughs> you need to get out yeah. there and actually do something different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because like our OSHA 10, I mean, OSHA 10 is what it is, but we've also, um, you know, in efforts to make our team the best of the best for trainers, we invest in their training. And so like Pedro goes to a training conference in um, the beginning of the year in Orlando to become a better trainer and it will improve him. And then I've also enrolled Pedro where we have to do outside of um, class, we have to do extracurricular. So he actually works with the AGC locally here to train people for the OSHA 10s and he teaches a few times a month because the more that you train and the more that you're in front of people, the more comfortable you get become and, and the more natural you you are, you know. Um, so we definitely try and challenge them in different levels. So Yeah. Now um uh, tell me more about your resources that you use because it everything that, that you're saying to me seems like you you have some sort of system in place or something to keep yourself not only organized, but then to, to find uh, what's coming up and predictive and everything. So are you guys using resources for that? Um, in regards to our safety system or just um, for me as a manager? Uh, if it's different, then I'd like to know if it's different, <laughs> but maybe uh, your safety system uh, in general, what to, how do you guys keep all your forms together and then your JSAs if you do those? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I use, um, I'm pretty fortunate that the company that I work with, um, you know, we don't just walk the walk. And I know Micro always says safety third, um, which is kind of funny, but um, we actually use HCSS and we've invested quite a bit of money in that system. And so um, I keep everything in there from our training to um, our JHAs to our toolbox talks. And then my team meets weekly um, to review everything. And then I've also brought in an internal company to hire, which is ATI Solutions. Um, and uh, basically what that is, is I have an in-house physician to help me manage um, our injury management for workers' comp and um, physical therapy. And before they go to the clinic, they can do a FaceTime with her. And so we have that application as well. And so to keep the team organized, we meet once a month. I meet with my safety manager here in Colorado once a month, and as well as my um Catherine, who is my physician on staff, and then um, the team we meet once a week. 
And so in that, we talk about department, we talk about current events and, um, you know, if they're looking at JHAs and in the morning, typically uh, a morning for my safety team is they've got a training in the morning on one site. We, we schedule that out for a month. We put a topic in and we schedule that out for a month. And then um, my team also will go over JHAs and look through to see what's going on currently in the field. For instance, we just had that big snowstorm. So we have 70 active jobs right now spread throughout Colorado. So out of those active jobs, we can see who's currently working this morning through that system. Yeah. So they'll look through the system and find out who's what, who's where and what they're doing and whether or not they want to go to that site. Maybe we've got a, a complex job going on and they want to go to that project instead of someone who's just doing snow removal. So they'll look at the JHAs that way and plan out their day. Um, weekly, we review all of their inspections and we review the ongoing items in the field, um, our current events for um, injuries and just make sure we close out cases. And then quarterly, we review what they're doing, um, what's their professional development, what's their upcoming for right now. We've got 2019 ending and I'm planning 2020s conferences and goals and what I want them to do for the beginning of the year. One of the things that I've noticed as a director um, that people automatically, it's funny because the minute they get into safety, they want that CSP. And um, <clears throat> that's the first thing they say, I want my CSP, I want my CSP. And um, as I've been hiring for, you know, Austin, Texas, and as I've been hiring for Charlotte, I'm not looking for someone with that CSP. I'm looking for someone who has that cost or the cost M or field work or boots to the ground. Mm-hmm. Because to me, um, it seems like any Anyone can go take the CHST and go take the CSP and then they just, they want to do safety and that has no value to me. <laughs> um, and so as we, you know, with my team, it's funny because I've got them on a growth plan and um, the first one, I had one guy three years ago tell me he was going to do his CHST and I actually put him on a different growth plan and he was a little bit frustrated with me at first. Um but he's doing better now because of it, because we're investing in five, you know, five day classes and not a test that he's going to take right now, you know? Um, and I see the win-win to both of them, but, um, the, you know, as I met with the owners and we interviewed candidates, I interviewed across the board, CSPs, CHSTs, and um, guys with no certifications, but had their OSHAs that they could teach the OSHA um, 10s and 30s. And and we went with the people who had the capability of being able to teach the 10s and the 30s and, and knowing trenching excavation and having that type of background versus going with the CHSTs and the CSPs. So it's just interesting um, as I put people on growth plans and we talk about their upcoming years, they think I'm just going to jump them right into that test. And I don't, I steer a little bit away from it and go a different direction. Uh, so, yeah. Makes sense. And I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the frequently asked questions is, you know, what do I have to do to get a designation for being a safety consultant? But generally when you're a safety consultant, you should have experience. And I said, that's always the first thing you need is your experience. But then ESP uh, has the lion's share of, uh, of recognition only because of the marketing value. And yes, it's a hard, hard test to take. And yeah. it does show that you have some sort of proficiency in test taking and proficiency in understanding the material. But the retention doesn't actually work until you're in the field, right? Right. So, that's where I, I tell people, well, if you're going to do a designation, do one of the designations that'll actually 
interact with other people. It'll get you through a class that you're going to be uh, doing some workshops and everything. So at the end of that, then your designation will also have a slight bit more experience to it, too. Yeah. that. Yeah, and I do. So the consulting firm that I use now, I know one of the gentlemen in there has a CHST, but the guy that I met with initially, his background um, was cranes and rigging and, you know, he had a safety background in, in that and trenching excavation, but his is all boots to the ground and he can relate to the field. And to me, that is just so much more valuable than the credentials. You know, he can relate to my field and he can back it. He's got, you know, his certifications, of course, for what he does, but um, it definitely is interesting because I did have one firm where it was, it was all CSPs and CHSTs and, you know, they just weren't able to relate to the field and that, that gives them zero credibility when they get out there. So. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, find that a lot and it's great when you do find the csp that does have that experience yes. and you're <laughs> yeah. and like all right this guy yeah let's keep him yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah i truly feel like that and you know both of us may have a little bias because of the costs the certified occupational yeah. safety specialist and the cost m which is certification or you know, certification of occupational safety manager and i teach for those uh those two classes but overall the students that I keep up with, and you're one of my past students, so I love seeing what you're doing. It's <laughs> awesome. But the students that, that uh, we, we still interact and keep up with, um, I really could see the trajectory of them from when they first got into class to what they're doing now over, you know, I started this in, uh, I think, 2012 or 2013 or something. I started teaching the class, and now we're in 2019 as the date of this recording, you know, so it's been a while. I've been seeing a lot of students. Yeah. And, my students do good. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> they do. Well, it's interesting because I put Pedro in the class and um, he called me after a couple of days and he said, I had no idea this class was going to be this hard. He said, this is, a, and he likes to be challenged. And so he really enjoyed the class. He said, and he'd been in a safety for a couple of years, but um, it definitely opened his eyes in a different direction. So it was good for him because he was one of them that wanted the CHST and I'm sure it, and we're on track for him to get it, but um, he definitely, it, it took the blinders off. He just went, wow, this is, def- this is so different than what I was thinking it would be, you yeah. know, so yeah, great. And um, as a, a question for, for some people who have thought about getting into training and doing their own training centers or anything like that, do you have any tips for those type of people that says, all right, I want to get out there, be my own boss, do a training center, and I know your background is in that. So what, what are your tips for people who want to do that? Um couple of things. I, I know when for for on both sides of the coin when i used to do it and where i'm at now it's always snow day training it's always rain day training weather day training and so um i would plan ahead and watch the weather one one of the things that i used to do as a consultant if i i would watch the weather and if i knew snow was coming in two days before or a week ahead or i would try and, and plan and i would start messaging and emailing snow day training snow day class or rain day or you know and i had a, a relationship with multiple safety directors in the area where where I would send them the information and say, hey, I'm going to do a snow day training. Do you want it at your facility? And I would make it custom to them at their facility. Um, I know it's nice to have your own facility, but um, I know 
as a director and in the past, my experiences were if I could go to their facility and especially last minute and be able to do those types of trainings. That was, that was a big deal. <laughs> it was, it was nice to be able to do that. Yeah. Especially if you needed to get away from your facility where everyone's going to want to come in and they're going to want to pretty much still pseudo be at work while they're supposed to be training. Right. Really hard. Yeah. So, um, I, I, think those are that's a that's a win-win for for me and not being monotoned and and being able to interact with them is also a win um i've brought people in and it was funny i had a guy that i brought in um i actually cut his class short um and i felt bad but he was losing the attention of my employees and when you know i'm looking at the cost of me running of the, of the class you know be considerate of the cost that it's taking, not just putting the person in the class, but the salaries of the people that are sitting in there. Um, I've got project managers, I've got estimators, I've got, yeah, just be considerate of the people that are in your class. Um, because if you've got a class of, you know, 25 people and, and the average wage is, you know, anywhere from 15 to, to 50 an hour, you know, that's a big deal. And so um, just planning ahead, those types of things and being considerate of classroom time. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for proposals, do you have to do proposals in any way for uh, for some of the work that you do? And uh, as you guys branch out to to other companies, do you have any proposal tips? We we do. We have some ROSEP projects, OSEP projects, and some site specific things that we do, um, depending on the the company and the scope of work that we do. Um, are you meeting proposals from? the aspect of what I do or for the, um, consultant? Uh, actually, I guess it would probably be more beneficial. My, my knowledge of like anything. Yes. But I guess for the audience, <laughs> beneficial would be if they have to write a proposal to a company such as yourself, uh, what would, what would give them a winning proposal to say, all right, this person stands out versus this other one I just got. Um, well, I mean, to me, it's meeting one-on-one. -on -one. So I would definitely go through the meeting um, on a personal level. Um, but once they write the personal, the, the um, proposals, I definitely like the um, having the ability to pick and choose what I want um, and customize. So the package that I currently have now, I actually <laughs> um, worked with them and they let me customize it to the things that were specific to my organization because we're a very different organization um, in the fact that we we do so many different things. We're not just a regular general contractor where we're managing subs. We actually self-perform majority of the work and then we also have subs underneath us. And so um, our jobs are not just specific to one location. And so being able to have someone that can write what I need and not you know, pigeonhole me in a specific once a month training. And, um, I don't use my hours that way. Sometimes I'll use instead of the training, I'll use it for, um, onsite work with my crane operator. And so maybe my, we notice that, you know what, my crane operator is still green. We're going to do a, a pretty significant pick. I want to use my hours this month for that instead of training. And so flexibility is, is, is definitely an eye catcher for me so that I'm not locked in. And so, um, my consultant, it's interesting because my crane operator and my um, bridge foreman will actually talk to my consultant more than I do. And so if he's not doing a training, he's on site doing a pick with them. And so having that flexibility is big for me. Yeah. Well, good. It was well, nice to see you. you. I know. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good 
Friday. Yeah, it is Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm just back in in the Houston in the morning. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Well, have a good trip. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. I know lots of you get your information while you drive down the road or sit on planes or sit in meetings and look interested. And now you should know that three of my books are available for your listening pleasure on Audible. With the help of Jay Allen and Safety FM, we've produced three of the books, Workplace Fatalities, The Five Principles of Human Performance, and my very first book, Simple Revolutionary Acts, and they're available now where you get audiobooks. Welcome back to the Safety Consultant Podcast with Sheldon Primus. And I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, can you please just hit the like button? If there is a like button, if there's not a like button, then hit the subscribe button. I know there's one of those, right? Uh, so hit the subscribe button, subscribe so you can get up to date with any of the recordings that come out. I do these recordings on Monday, but just in case I do any of those special things that I've been thinking about doing, which is going to be those um, in the middle of the week podcast mini episodes, then you'll get a little notice and alert that it is coming. So uh, go ahead and hit that. And if you can, do a comment on your whatever service that you're listening to me on. That'd be great. Let other people know that there is a show that specifically helps people who are doing safety consultant work and the business of being a safety consultant. So this week's tip of the week came out of this interview with Kathy. So um, I really didn't think about weather day training. And that was an awesome tip that she gave us at the, towards the end of the interview. So if you do have any weather days where you think clients might actually need something to do with their workers, look ahead, do your weather app or whatever you need to do. And you can see the seven day, 10 day forecast. And in those cases, you could plan ahead and then get some work that is not uh, planned in your calendar, but it's one of those last minute type jobs. So that's an awesome idea especially if you're in those areas that have frequent weather events where it makes it hard for you to do work in the field because of those weather events. So that's the tip of the week. Go ahead and become junior meteorolo meteorologist. That's a tough word and a fun word to say, right? Meteorologist. And, you know, if you ever watch an L.A. Stories, which uh, that's a great movie, you gotta see an old school movie with Steve Martin when he actually was a weatherman and he faked the weather for Southern California because he says it never changes. And then it's supposed to be dry and sunny and it ended up raining, gets fired because he faked the news. Uh, but that's a, a funny movie. Don't look at that that guy's record or that guy's broadcast. Look at one of the ones that are actually true. And use that broadcast to help you decide, hey, this could be a weather day and let's reach out to my clients, give them phone calls, let them know I could do a nice four hour class. And when you're calling them, uh, go ahead and get like something in mind of what class you want to promote. Always ask, you know, just in case there's something on their mind. Hey, what's in your mind? What would you like to see a class on? Uh, if you don't have anything, I could do a class that's on an OSHA compliance topic that you need to do anyway or I could do a class on uh, something that was related to a recent accident that you had, 
whatever it is, promote it to them, make sure that you give the client what they want, but they'll also make sure you get the price and everything else ready so that they know exactly what they're going to be getting and how much it's going to be as far as uh, price for them and uh, the time frame and everything else. And I always suggest having certificates and wallet cards. And I do use a service called Wallet Card. So uh, you can look at the episode. Uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's my Wallet Card episode. But you could also go to safetyconsultant.us and you can see Wallet Card prominently mentioned there as well. And I do want to mention before we go that uh, we will be opening the Safety Consultant Resource Group. And this is going to be found at safetyconsultant.us. So safetyconsultant.us. In that group, you're going to have royalty-free pictures that you can use for your presentations. You're going to have templates that you can use for your safety business. So those are templates that you could adjust and you could use for written programs or templates that you could adjust and use for other aspects of your business, including a proposal template. And I have those available. And the resource group is also going to be interactive. So you'll have lessons there that you can learn more about the business of being a safety consultant and the interaction between other safety professionals that are consultants just like yourself. And you can uh, just ask each other questions and things that you may need to know. And I'll be there, obviously, to help guide everybody. So you will have a way to get your business not only uh, kick-started, but also a way for you to grow your business through expanding your your knowledge, expanding your uh, reach, networking with other people that are doing what you're doing. So that's the, the goal of this. It'll be launched Black Friday. So go to safetyconsultant.us and uh, backslash join and you will be able to join the waiting list. So there is a waiting list right now. So go ahead and get yourself on the waiting list. And after you do, then you will get emails to let you know when we're ready to go. But launch date will be Black Friday. All right. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on the Safety Consultant resource page at safetyconsultant.us. So have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday. This podcast is being sponsored by safetyconsultantblueprint.com. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.